Welcome to the Hurtship Podcast. My name is Sitzke Kazimir, and in this podcast, I'll be exploring the power and, dare I say it, joy of middle management. Middle managers are best placed to see the reality of an organization and to create movement within it. I'll be sharing stories, practices, theory, and insights. The Hurtship Podcast is your weekly reminder to seize the opportunities of the power of the middle. Last week's episode was about mastery. And one of the things we need to master as middle managers is to look at the organization putting on systemic glasses. So looking at the system rather than simply at the individual, the person who's doing something. And I always find that horses in a herd give great insights to this. So if I look at the the whole herd of horses, then I can start to understand the behavior differently than if I look at just one horse. So I might see one horse going over towards another horse and chasing it away. And if I understand that as an individual level, I might think that's just simply an aggressive horse um, and that the horse is just picking a fight with the other. However, if I look at the system and I realize that in this herd, one of the horses has just arrived And there's also young horses in the herd, which the other horses feel protective about. The move of sending that other horse a bit away is not about that horse particularly being aggressive or dominant or not liking the other horse. It's about trying to protect the herd that is there. Sometimes that's one of the horses that's often protecting And sometimes it's one of the horses that might feel it could get shut out. It might actually be the horse that always gets to eat last that chooses to not let another horse into the system. Because what might that mean for their role? And if I look at it that way, it's much easier to see that the horse acts this way not because it's a nasty horse or a fearful horse, but because it's a horse in a certain context. Now think about your organization, the people who work for you, the people who work for them, about your colleagues, and think about a conflict that's perhaps going on. And if you take the people out of it, if there were other people in that position, might there be conflict too? Which parts of the system are trying to find a balance there? Many organizations organize in such a way that different parts of the organizations get to compete Very often, one of the beliefs that's behind that is that if they're competing, they'll each try and do better. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Certainly what I've seen is what then happens is a lot of conflict between these parts of the organization. 
And if we don't understand the organization as a system, then often the people who are making or enacting, I should say, that conflict on behalf of the organization are maybe seen as, you know, easily getting into fights when really what they're trying to do is stand for their part of the organization. And because of the rules that have been set in that organization, it's hard for them to get along. Another way of thinking about this in your organization is, do you talk about teamwork and then do you actually reward that? So many organizations, the talk is about working as a team, collaborating, that that's the most important thing. Yet the reward is individual and is not given because you collaborated so well in the team, it's given because you achieved something, because you were visible. So what else might you see in your organisation? I've also often seen it in safety. So if you say as an organisation that safety is critical, yet you only pay attention to people doing their work as fast as possible rather than as safe as possible or getting as much value as possible instead of creating as much safety as possible, then it's unlikely that people will be behaving safely. And that's not because they're bad people. It's because the system is asking them to do something different. And if you can look at the organization systemically, if you can see all the patterns that are going on, not because people are not doing the right thing, but because they're built into the system in some way, you can intervene in very different ways. You can think about changing what you pay attention to. You can point out to others what they're paying attention to and what that's causing in the organization. You can see where a conflict might be created not because two people don't get along, but because two people are each trying to protect the part of the organization they stand for. Sometimes when I teach riding lessons, people will get very upset with the horse because it's not doing what they think they told it. My experience is that typically those horses are doing exactly what people told them. The only thing is they didn't realize what they were telling them. And this can be the case in organizations. I've worked for a long time in HR and many HR organizations have the model where they have either three or two different groups. Um, and so in one organization I worked in, there was a HR center and there were the HR business partners and the experts, which sometimes is a third group, sat a little bit in between. 
And as in any other organization I've worked in, there was always some conflict between the HR center and the HR business partners. And it's actually quite predictable what they might be saying about each other. The HR business partners often complain that the people in the centre are not service-oriented enough, are not quick enough, do not care enough. And the HR centre people would often complain that the HR business partners are too arrogant, want to break the rules, um, and then see what actually needs to happen in the system to get things done. Now, the interesting thing is, it's very easy to think that that's about the people who work there and to replace those rather than to think it's about the system. Until you do an interesting experiment. In one course, we once got people to take a random card to which group they belonged, which meant that people who were in real life HR business partners became HR center staff in this activity. And we gave them a challenge that they had to solve together and some time in which we asked them to collaborate. And when they came back, the words that came out of their mind, irrespective of where they worked in real life, were exactly what we would hear them say about each other in day-to-day life. So people who were normally HR business partners would now complain about the HR business partners from their HR centre role and they would use exactly the same words. And the same held for those who were now in HR business partner role and were normally working as HR centre. So the system, even in this practice, this activity, which wasn't even an activity for real clients, played out. And it was really helpful for the participants to see, ah, I might have thought it was about the people in the role. Actually, it's about our system. And how can we pay attention to that which creates this, which in part was about status given to HR business partners, which was higher than the status given to those in the centre. In part, it was about how information was exchanged. And in part, it was about how processes were designed. So if you think about your organisation, where do you see similar challenges? Where do you see conflict that you might ascribe to two individuals or two groups and think that maybe one group is difficult or the other is difficult. Maybe you need to even replace some people. And actually, it's not the people, it's the system. It may very well be something you've asked them to do. Now, in daily life, it's often hard to see that, specifically if you're in it. Very often, People will say, oh, but it is the people because that person gets it right. And it's true. Sometimes one person will be able to work around the system. And still, the system will have something to do with it. So your invitation for this week is to find a juicy conflict 
a place where two departments, two of the teams who work for you, or perhaps two persons, perhaps you and another person, are really having a big conflict. And rather than thinking about your personalities and how that clashes and how you're completely different, assume that in another world, you might actually be the best of friends. And wonder, what is it in the system that's getting you to clash? What is the other person representing? What are they trying to do? What's their assignment? What's being asked of them? And what are you trying to do? Or what's the other person you're thinking about? Um, if you're thinking about two teams, for instance, who work for you, what are they trying to do? What are they trying to achieve? What are they standing for? What's their assignment? If it's two teams who work for you, it may even be that through the assignments you gave each of them, that's what's creating the conflict. So look this week at conflict as a great way of understanding how the system in your organization is at work. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Herdship podcast. As I close, I have three requests and a thank you. First of all, I hope this podcast may have inspired you to try some new things. When you do, I'd love to hear from you. You can send any feedback, questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes to podcast at herdship.com. That's herd like a herd of horses combined with the word ship. Secondly, if you enjoyed the podcast, please press the subscribe button so that further installments will show up automatically in your feed and you can tune in weekly. My third and final request is that if you liked it, please share this podcast with anyone you think might benefit from it too. As a thank you, you will find any resources such as links to articles or books I have mentioned and practices from this episode on herchip.com slash podcast.